Hey, Ross, it's Rich Eisen. Yeah, it's Carl Mecklenburg. What's up? This is Ty Lawson. This is Jordan Hamilton from the Denver Nuggets, and you're listening to Colorado Sports Guys Podcast. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Nate Timmons and Ross Martin. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is the Colorado Sports Guys podcast, and I am Ross Martin, joined as always by Nate Timmons. Hey, what's up, Ross Martin? You're verbal, verbalizing your name now. Hope everybody out there is... Let's a- start it over. Let's start the show over. What's up, everybody? This is uh, the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. I'm Ross Martins. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just kidding. I understand. I call myself Ross Martin. Martin. Maybe I have a little bit of a snuffly nose. A little bit of a little bit of a sinus issue. Maybe Ross I Martins. caught that from you and your nerdy blogger friends. You and your blogger friends are dead. <laughs> Hope everybody out there is enjoying a lovely evening, lovely afternoon, morning, wherever you are, wherever you're finding us. I'm just glad you found us. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Freshing your tea there, guys. We want to remind everybody. To check out ColoradoSportsGuys.com for links to our Facebook, Twitter, and our Amazon.com affiliate link. If you go to ColoradoSportsGuys.com and click through the Amazon banner at the top of the page each time you do your normal shopping, you will be supporting this podcast. If you would like to contact us, you can email us, show at ColoradoSportsGuys.com, or use our phone number, 720-722-1274, to leave us a voicemail or send us a text message. We will read those text messages and we will play those voicemails on the show if we feel like it. No, Russ, you're just talking about that Amazon affiliate link. Am I correct in seeing that somebody bought a beach cruiser via Amazon this week? Somebody bought a beach cruiser. That's pretty exciting. That is fantastic. That Especially is with the winter type coming of up. Stuff we like to see. I understand. That. I don't know if it was Colorado though. Exactly. We have listeners worldwide. 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 I have a funny uh, little story. So the other day, you had posted to our Facebook page a map. World uh, map. A world map of uh, representing the locations of the Colorado Sports Guys listener base. And the countries that were had the most listeners were like a dark blue and that faded to a light gray that type of thing right my uh the colorado sports wife i should say saw that alaska was very dark blue and she thought well that that has to be your parents i saw that she goes i saw that and that must be your parents because my parents spend you know some time in Alaska. Six, seven months a year in Alaska. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that that doesn't really sound right because my parents don't really listen to this podcast. So <laughs> that would be weird. Maybe we have a lot of listeners in Alaska. We've, we have some in Alaska. I've been reached out to by a couple guys I know. Definitely we do, but not enough to warrant like such a dark blue color. And at this point, I had not seen which map you put up on Facebook. Okay. So then later, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I went and looked at the map, and very clearly you said, here is a map indicating which countries 
Not states. Not states <laughs> have uh, a certain number of followers or, you know, compared to other countries. So I had the uh, very grand moment of of uh, <laughs> just calling her and being like, oh, I saw the map that you were talking about. I see what you're saying. Alaska was very dark blue. In fact, it was the exact same color darkness of blue that the rest of the United States was. <laughs> yeah. And that's because Alaska – is a part of the United States of America. Gosh darn it, it and, is. And uh, she felt a little foolish, which is good for me because I judge my self-worth on how poorly I can make my wife feel. <laughs> nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, that's how I judge myself as I look at other people, see how, uh, how bad and stupid I can make them feel, and then I am built up because of that. That's a pretty good way of looking at you know things. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. I wanted to take – I should have actually gone through that world map uh, and listed out the countries that were listed there. Too many to it's too many to list. It's too many because I don't too even know them all. I didn't even know there were that many countries in the world. But it was pretty surprising. I mean, we touched basically every continent. A little bit light in Africa, but not really. Not some, really. Some pretty good. Uh, some blips every throughout single Africa. Continent. Was there Antarctica? I'm sure there's Antarcticans. Yeah, I don't know if we had that, but I mean, it was pretty impressive. I was kind there of were probably uh, people in Antarctica who are downloading it via some sort of proxy. Yeah, and that we just can't tell because they don't have like a big data center down there. But or the sure. iTunes in it. Yeah, I'm we sure. can't really tell too much off iTunes. Yeah, yeah, I'm just sure. Something. I'm sure that we have people in Antarctica. Yeah, but anyway, a lot of people listening. I thought it was fascinating. I mean, it's cool that you can, uh, you know, you can get that. You, you could be that spread out throughout the world with something that we're doing here. It's in amazing. Denver. It's awesome. You know, I have a feeling. You know, we get the expats for sure, right? The people living overseas. Uh, we have. Uh, People who don't have access necessarily to local sports talk, right? But we're yeah. radio-free sports talk, meaning that we are sports talk that is not only different than the radio, but in my my estimation, uh, quite a bit better. Yeah, we can yeah. delve into things a lot more. And, yeah, go on. But I think we also probably get those uh, uh, those folks, those men and women who are serving overseas – is a member of the United States military. Oh yeah, I'm guessing, and uh, and I hope they are. And if you're listening, we're proud of you. Thank you for doing what you do. That is, that that makes like that that's awesome. Like if we can get people that are like stationed overseas. Yeah, that's sweet. That's freaking sweet. Yeah, Texas, right. leave us a voicemail. <laughs> we'll play. Oh, text us. I thought you said Texas. I thought you just said oh, yeah. Texas I, I is you, I you just said San Antonio. Texas. Can you hear me out there, Texas? <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear it. Yeah. Texas, Texas yeah. Um send us an email. Absolutely. Um do that and uh we'll keep bringing it to you. And I I also want to say we get and a lot of great response from last week's show, the last week's Tuesday show. Not the Gamblers on the Storm episode, which you know people like, of course, but that episode where uh, you and Ben Hockman and Matt Moore and Travis Heath were over at Jake's talking about that. A lot of positive, positive, positive feedback from that. In fact, I don't know if I told you, Nate, that's our number one downloaded episode ever. It was. Within that time frame, right? Within the last week. We've never had an episode downloaded that many times within just the week that it was put out there. Yeah. So, and it's because people love the Nuggets, man. And, does, and love absolutely, that absolutely, which is absolutely why we're going to talk about the Nuggets tonight. And we're also going to talk about uh, the Denver Broncos. Ah, oh, yeah, defeating the New Orleans Saints. I got a little bit of an interesting point on the Broncos too. A couple Absolutely. of them. Oh, well, we'll I'm eagerly awaiting that. 
And also, we're going to talk about the upcoming football match. Yeah. Between Which your favorite quarterback I, and your favorite nickname Yogurt Slinger. Yeah. I invented that nickname for him. Yeah. If it catches on, that's all you. It's catching on with you. Oh, yeah. I and, like uh, it. I'm sure our listeners are already probably saying, oh, the red-headed Yogurt Slinger, Andy Dalton. Oh, we got we got the Bengals coming up here, and uh, we're going to talk about that. Again, the Nuggets start the season off on Halloween tomorrow uh, against the Philadelphia 76ers. Is this game for sure going to happen? I mean, there's a huge storm, a, a yeah, post-tropical storm, and I'm sure Philadelphia is being affected. Uh, I was wondering if, uh, you know, our hosting company that hosts this podcast, they're located in Pittsburgh. I was wondering if that was going to, you know, go offline or anything. But as you know, this game's happening. Yeah, they flew out uh, this afternoon, and all signs are pointing towards go for that game. I guess Philadelphia so did fly out. They made it out of Denver. Yeah, they flew out today. Practice was over at 11. I believe the flight was around 1 p.m. And they actually tweeted the players right. getting on the plane. The airport there is open, so the charter flight they took in, all they needed was the airport to be open. As far as the game and power and everything like that, as far as I know, everything's a go so far. It could change, but uh, I think it's a go. Awesome. So we're going to talk a bit about the Nugget season starting off here. We're going to talk about Ty Lawson, contract extension, four years, $48 million. Boom. Andre Gudala making his uh, first uh, appearance in Philadelphia against his former team with his new team, which is the Nuggets. Bengals upcoming, Saints we just beat. We're going to talk about all this stuff on the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. But before we get into that, Nate Timmons, I want to make sure I check in and see how you're doing. What's up? Last week you had the sniffles. I did. You know, it's like Ross Martin. Martin. Martin's. (laughs) I feel like I'm finally getting over them, which is good. A uh, couple, one thing I kind of, uh, personal story or personal interest, I guess this would be, was um, Jeff Morton, guest we like to have on here quite often. Hopefully, get him in here in the next week or two. Uh, he told me to, to go see Lincoln Vampire Slayer movie. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, right? Yeah, Vampire Hunter. And then uh, that recently came out. That's already out on DVD now. But then coming out soon is the Daniel Day-Lewis Lincoln movie, which I find to be pretty interesting. Uh, one of our readers on Denver Stiff's SD Cat was saying she's not sure she wants to see that because why are we having a Brit play a iconic American? You know? I mean, that's, is that – Interesting. Interesting question. I, I mean, is SD Cat some sort of xenophobe? I don't know what that means, but pay me, maybe. <laughs> Afraid of foreigners, fear of foreigners. Oh, that could xenophobia. be xenophobia. But the thing with uh, Daniel Day Lewis, he's a huge method actor, right? Like he, I guess, really gets into character. It would absolutely, have been, would have, That's what he's known for. Would have been very interesting to be hanging out with him over the past few months leading up to that role. For the past year, he's been walking around <laughs> his hometown of whatever, whatever Shire, England, <laughs> pretending to be Abraham Lincoln. Absolutely, no. We should not not want to see this movie because a Brit is playing an American icon. Absolutely not. It's ridiculous. Uh, uh, no, it's we acting, want to right? See. First of all, we've talked about this before. On this podcast, and I think maybe in uh, you know another podcast we were guests on, uh, South Standers. We were on the South Stand podcast a few weeks ago, and we were talking about the fact that there's so many British actors in 
uh, like on American TV, like Charlie Hunnam, who plays Jax Teller on Sons of Anarchy, British, right? Yeah. Uh, we were talking the about Walking The Walking Dead. Wire. Yes. The leading guys of The Walking Dead. They're British guys, right? Uh, the guy that's in The Wire, uh, Stringer Bell. Stringer British Bell, guy, British. Right? Uh, McNulty. McNulty, British. British. There's plenty of British actors out there that are it's able to. It's a card Yeah, yeah. They are. And they, but you know what? Who cares? They're acting. <laughs> yeah, they're say, acting. You can act. You can act. I mean, that's what you're supposed to pretend exactly. that you're something else. Right? So, so that thing. The reason why I would say I don't want to see this movie is because it doesn't. The, the, I saw the preview the other day for the first time, uh, probably during the Bronco game, because as you know, I don't really watch TV that much because I don't have cable. Right. Which I may or may not have mentioned a time or two. Uh, but anyway. But you can watch movie previews. I mean, but, like Flickster. I, I, I spend afternoons the, watching movie here's previews. The thing, I don't watch movie previews because movie previews ruin movies. I love movie previews and I hate movie previews. I go blow I, I don't watch them. But I they're so see, good. Sometimes the they're preview. better than the movie. And uh, oftentimes they're better than the movie. Many, yeah. many times I've saw a movie preview and I thought, I, this, I've got to see this movie. And then I saw it and it was horrible. Yeah. Now once I've cut out the previews, I go and see movies and – not necessarily in the theater, but at home, you know, my internet-based uh, viewing um, experience here. Do you like to know nothing about a movie? Yes. I went. I went and saw Slumdog yes, like Millionaire, like and nothing. I knew zero. I had no idea. I I, I knew it was about some. I, I knew it was about something for like something in India, but I had no idea. And then when I saw it. I was like, I, "Well, this is a great way to watch a movie." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to know nothing about a movie, but I saw that preview for Lincoln. And I thought, this doesn't even look that good. Like, the preview didn't What's make even... it look that good. And that's a problem. Like, oh, it's... now I'm buying into the marketing. Even the same as, like, uh, the J. Edgar Hoover movie where it's like, okay, what did Hoover really do and what did Lincoln really do that's, like, exciting as a film? Like, their story may be exciting as, like, a book or, what you know, what they did kind of blah, blah, blah. But as a movie, it's like, where's the action? Well, where's the drama? I hear what you're saying. I'm not sure that there could be anything more dramatic than the president of the United States role during a civil war. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's a pretty compelling. Yeah, but it's not like he was out there in the battlefield a, with like a gun. Bite, like, bite your tongue. On, Watch yeah. what you're saying there. He, he, he was a leader in this country, and, and I could see how the drama could be there, honestly. That, that would be a very compelling yeah. movie. Um, as like opposed that. to the kid who's on who wants to be a millionaire and – Mumbai or Bombay or whatever they call that city over there with some dog millionaire. Trust me, Lincoln is a more compelling story. But the other thing is Steven Spielberg. He's lost his luster. Spielberg, yeah. Directing Lincoln lost even, his luster. Even that last movie he made, Super 8, wasn't a real big fan of that one. I don't think – did he – he didn't direct it. Didn't J.J. Abrams direct that? Oh, yeah. What did Spielberg like do? Steven Spielberg something. was a producer. Yeah. And that movie was an homage to Steven Spielberg's earlier 80s movies. Does it was producer, like an homage to the Goonies and, and other stuff. Does producer even mean anything? It well, just yeah, You I just mean, have a, your, you get a paycheck and you get your name in the credits. But the, do they the, do anything? Okay. So the producer pays for everything or solicits funding, right? Okay. So like a director has an idea for a movie. He goes and finds a movie producer. The producer goes and pitches this idea. He puts it together. He's kind of like the CEO of the movie. Okay. Meaning that he kind of is running everything direct the director has the vision and uh, he controls the day-to-day shooting but but the producer they get to they put it all together. Any uh any sports movies coming out? I haven't really seen anything. Here comes the boom, you know, the I'm, MMA I'm, teacher I'm, story. I'm, That's not really a sports I'm movie. Not, I've never heard of that. 
Yep. Oh, is that the one with the uh, Kevin James? Queen? Yeah. Yeah, it looked like that looked like hell. I, yeah. We need something. Paul we need Blart, to, the MMA fighter. Yeah, we need a we need a sports movie sometime soon. Where's Kevin Costner Hollywood? been? Where yeah. has Kevin Costner Where been? Where has Kevin Costner been? He needs to make a baseball movie. Yeah, well, somebody somebody needs to step up. We need some kind of good sports movie because we've been we've been lacking for a little while. I feel like you're, you're absolutely correct. Now that you bring that up, you are absolutely correct. Where have all the sports movies been? A fighter was really kind of the last big big mean, thing, wasn't it? My <laughs> well, okay, hold on, are you warrior, about the fighter, or warrior? <laughs> Both of them. I, I spoke guess. at length on this podcast. We're calling one the wrong movie. <laughs> Yeah, Both but good movies. But neither one is like their fate. Like they haven't been. Nothing's been around for a while. Really, When's the last good base basketball movie. I'll tell you that there hasn't been a good basketball movie or football movie in ten years. Gosh, yeah, not at all. Not a good one at all. Unless we're completely blanking on something. I would never blank. Yeah, on I, like I don't feel like I would either. So that's a that's a big hole. Yes, and I've been <sighs> and I've been you know honestly I've been watching a lot of movies uh, as I always do. Yeah, right. And I've also been thinking about the way things kind of go in my life and the way, like, you know how, like, you can sit back and you can look at your life as it is and you wonder. <laughs> oh, I sit back and look at my life a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and you wonder how in the hell you got to this position. I sit back and I wonder oh, yeah. how, like, the the journey, the path that my life's journey has taken, right, over the past <laughs> You know, 31 years boggles my mind to think about how I ended up where I am now, right? And it's it's interesting because you think about where I was just a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. I mean, let's be honest, two years ago, I would have never expected to be doing this podcast now, 70-some episodes in, over a year and a half of blood, sweat, and tears, right? Yeah. Just just like, uh, you know, just like... Blood and sweat and tears dripping all over the Shure SM58 microphone right here, bringing the people <laughs> of Denver and the world this this sports this radio free sports talk. I would never have expected that. And then I think it's like, wow, it's crazy. Like, what kind of job I'm in? You know, the fact that I'm married to who I'm married to and how I met her and all this stuff. And it's crazy. And to think about all this stuff. But then I'm like, you know what? That's exactly what being a sports fan is like. You know what I mean? Like you think back about what being a Denver Broncos fan has been over the past five years and and or ten years, right? Uh, let's see, it's 2012, right? 14 yeah. years ago, right? 14, 13 years ago, we were celebrating back-to-back Super Bowls, right? 14 years ago. And then you think ago. about the journey to get to that point, right? And and that's why sports is such a compelling and interesting pastime for so many people. And people try to trivialize the importance of sports, but it mirrors life in that respect. Yeah. Right? Like you think about like just where you were three years ago and where you are now and or five years ago. And it's like how you are here. It's like, oh my God, I couldn't have picked this if I wanted to. <laughs> I, I couldn't have pat- made this path for myself. And then you think about the Broncos. And so this is what I want to talk about. Denver Broncos, okay, coming off of this win against the New Orleans Saints on Sunday night football in prime time, right? Nationally televised, two weeks in a row, big victories. And I want to look at where the Broncos were in this same week in the season in 2010. You want to do a little... 
do a little Broncos talk. You want to take a little, a little short, play Absolutely. a little music, come back, talk, if that, talk about Broncos. If you would be more comfortable with that, we can do that. <laughs> I would. That would feel good. Let's <laughs> do it. Do you remember what it was like in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, week eight of the 2010 Denver Bronco football season? Can you picture where you were? I'm trying to think eight? of even was that the was that the switch? Was that the Orton to Tebow switch? Okay, so here help no, me, Ross. No, help no. me. 2010. All right. First of all, let's just say that the Broncos finished that year four and twelve. Ugh. That was a long. That was just two seasons ago, right? Two yeah. years ago. Question marks everywhere, probably on that team. The Broncos had just lost to the San Francisco Forty Niners, sixteen to twenty-four. Right that year, the Broncos had drafted Demarius Thomas, Tim Tebow, Zane Beatles, and J.D. Walton. Right, Eric Decker, Parrish Cox. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are the guys the Broncos drafted in 2010 under Josh McDaniels as the head coach of the Denver Broncos, right? Look at some of those names. De- yeah. Demarius Thomas. List those again. List all those. Demarius Thomas. Starter. Tim Tebow. Gone. Zane Beatles. Starter. J.D. Walton. Starter. Eric Decker. Starter. Parrish Cox. Gone. <laughs> Think about what Parish, how much Parrish Cox's life has changed <laughs> since week eight of the 2010 Broncos season, okay? Uh, e. Olson Center, I forget his first name. I, I, uh, uh, I don't know if he's around. Sid Quan Thompson, cornerback, right? Remember him? I believe he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> he led the Broncos in interceptions that year. Right? Wow. You know what I mean? Well, tied with some other guys with two interceptions, but, um, think about that. In, in week eight of 2010, the Denver Broncos had just lost 16 to 24. They went on a bye week, right? Came to face Kansas City at home, right? Yeah. Kansas City loses 49 to 29, right? Josh McDaniels fired just two weeks later, right? September 20th of that year, Kenny McKinley committed suicide. Remember that? Remember all this oh, yeah. stuff going on with the Denver Broncos, right? Brandon Lloyd on the Denver Broncos led the league in receiving yards and was uh, uh, sent to the AFC Pro Bowl. Huh. You know what I mean? Four, 1,448 receiving yards, okay? The last three games of that season, Tim Tebow started. Think about this. Think about what was going on, right, in the Denver Bron- for the, on the Denver Broncos as fans, I seem to remember a game against the Raiders where Tebow had like a, a big rushing touchdown and there was some kind of excitement starting to build about, is this a guy that we can, you know, build around as a franchise? Is he going to get an opportunity in Denver? That year, Kyle Orton led the team in passing 3,653 yards. He threw for 20 touchdowns. No, Sean Moreno led the league in rushing. Now, this is funny. Led the league, not led the league, led the Broncos in rushing 779 yards. But Tim Tebow led the team in rushing touchdowns with six touchdowns. Okay? I mean, this is crazy to think about. You say Orton led the team with 20 touchdown passes? 20 touchdown passes, yes. Right now, Peyton Manning, 17 touchdown passes. Absolutely. Just to put that in a little context. Right? Yes, and that was, again, that was uh, after the whole season, Kyle Orton. 
Right. I had that many touchdowns. Now, all right, now, okay, so that was 2010. That seems like forever ago. They finished 4-12, and 12, last, dead last in the AFC West. No hope. Just absolute joke. They started Tim Tebow the last three games of the season just for shits and giggles, pretty much. Just right? to sell some tickets, maybe see if this guy has anything. Yes. Now look back, okay, just a year ago? This is insane to think about. This is a year ago, right? Two years ago seemed like 20 years ago. Last year seems like 25 years ago. Just came off, the Broncos just came off a loss to Detroit, 45 to 10. I was in the stands. That was the only game I went to last year. 45 to 10. Me and my buddies started drinking heavily because that game was a snooze fest. It was horrible. (laughs) That is amazing. By the way, I mentioned Josh McDaniels was fired December 3rd of 2010. Now we got new coaches in, 2011. Kyle Orton's our quarterback. Kyle Orton was benched, right, in one, two, three, four, week five against San Diego at halftime. Tebow nearly comes back and wins. The The Broncos lose that game 24 to 29. Then they have the bye week, right? Then after that bye week, Tebow takes over permanently. It was against Detroit. It was his first game, wasn't it? No, it it was uh, against Miami. Remember? Oh, we yeah, right game. off the bye week, yeah. You won that game 18-15, to 15. <laughs> right? Yeah. Tebow named starter. Okay, look at this. One, lost to Detroit. Then the Broncos won one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row at Oakland, at KC, at home against the Jets, on the road against San Diego, at Minnesota, at home against Chicago. And it wasn't – none of those games were like dominating performances. Those were those – Crazy wild victories and pulled it out with a miracle play here and there. And look at this. Okay, so they scored 38 points against Oakland. That was pretty awesome. But then it was Broncos won, scored 17 points, 17 points, 16 points. They beat Minnesota 35 to 32, and they beat Chicago 13 to 10. Right? Look at this. Barely breaking 20 points on a regular basis. Threw two passes against the Kansas City Chiefs in one of those games. Yes. <laughs> and won that game this, somehow. Right? Then finished off with three straight losses against the Patriots, the Bills. By the way, remember that Bills game? 14-40. to Yeah. And then lost to Kansas City at home, (laughs) 3-7. to (laughs) Right? This is what happened. Made the playoffs. Beat the Steelers. Lost to the Patriots. Okay? Think about that. That season last year was just last season. It seems like a million years ago. And to think about what kind of path that the Broncos have been on and the and Broncos fans have been on until now. Until now. Okay, look at the Broncos now are four and three. Okay. They just beat the New Orleans Saints, a team that in everybody's estimation was pretty good. Peyton Manning has thrown seventeen touchdown passes, right? Willis McGahey has rushed for five hundred and fifty four yards. Okay. Demaryius Thomas, 679 yards receiving. Eric Decker is leading the team with five touchdown passes. Look at some of these names. Who's leading the team of tackles? Wesley Woodyard. He's been on the team for a while. Like This team that we have here, when you look at Eric Decker, Demaryius Thomas, right? Von Miller, by the way, drafted in 2011 in the number number two pick, okay? These teams, Elvis Dumerville, missed the entire 2010 season with injuries, right? These, these, this team that we're watching, the Denver Broncos team, is not completely started from scratch this year as much as we think it is. Peyton Manning has come in as the big addition to this team to change things around, but it's not just 
uh, it wasn't just a do-over. We didn't wipe the slate clean. The Broncos have been building upon this for years. And what we are seeing now is the Denver Broncos starting to gel with new leadership and with a new attitude, but it's not just starting from scratch. And that's kind of the whole point that I'm taking is that the, the path that, that we all take in our lives we don't just end up where we are just from the day before, the week before our actions. No, the Denver Broncos are turning into this new team, this team that's now leading the AFC West based on things that have been put into place over years and years and years. Yeah, I even look at it with the offensive line. You know, Ryan Clady been here for a number of years now, it seems yes. like. Yes, You know, our, our center, Dan Coppin, although he's new to the team, NFL veteran played with the Patriots for forever. Zane Beatles, you know, Orlando Franklin's second season, like that line's starting to come together. Yep. The defense is starting to get comfortable. They're starting to gel. They're starting to, you know, know where they're gonna be based off of familiarity with each other. Look who won, who look who was leading the Denver Broncos in tackles in two thousand and ten with hundred and nineteen tackles. He was also leading the team with five and a half sacks. DJ Williams. Right? Yeah. He's coming back here in a week or two few weeks right yeah you know yeah i'm saying like and he's still on the team wesley woodyard von miller chant bailey like there are guys here that just kind of we we kind of tend to take for granted as big contributors to the broncos success and it's been it's been in place for a long time and when when did uh john elway take over right when did he when did he come on was that that was last year in January sometime? Yeah, right? just before the year I think he came in. But the vision of the Broncos, you know, the leadership of the Broncos has been in place and is pretty steady. When you look at, you know, uh, Brian Zanders and, and Joe Ellis and, and Pat Bolin, John Elway is a big part of it, and Peyton Manning is a big part of it. But the Broncos franchise has been on a path of <laughs> recovery. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, before they got rid of Xanders, yeah, I mean, it was him here for a number of years, you know, and, and yeah, Elway building upon his vision and kind of, yeah, taking over some of the stuff that he was already accomplishing here, already getting done, right? Yes. Xanders kind of showed him the ropes a little bit in a sense. And In 2011, the Broncos had six pro bowlers, Champ Bailey, Ryan Clady, Brian Dawkins, Elvis Dumerville, Willis McGahee, Von Miller. Von Miller was rookie of the year, Right. The Broncos are no joke, and that's my point. That's the point I'm trying to bring across here is that the victories we've seen against San Diego and New Orleans, these are big-time victories. These are these are exactly what we talked about last week when we were talking about Peyton Manning, right? And we talked – I guess it was two weeks ago before the bye. Second half of that Chargers game, what happened? Peyton Manning came out there, Mr. Consistency, never was flustered – Never, never uh, doubted himself, went out and did what he does. He controls the offense. And it wasn't about his teammates rising to the challenge of the opposition. It was about the teammates rising to the challenge of playing with Peyton Manning. Yeah. Playing on that team. And can anybody say that they have not risen to that challenge with the way they've been playing? And the thing, thing, something I found very interesting from Sunday night's game was, I think Chris Collinsworth pointing out, Demarius Thomas running a, a simple, I think, out route or curl or something. And he's saying, you can see Demarius, when he starts to get to his break, he starts chopping his feet, letting Peyton know that he's about to come out of that break. And he's starting to learn that as a wide receiver, these little nuances of the game and how to play with Peyton Manning and what Peyton likes. And you can just see it. I mean, Decker and Demarius, you know, even Tammy, Joel Dreesen, 
Stokely's been doing it for years with him. They're starting to all learn how to play with Peyton. The offensive line's coming together. Like this team, it feels like, you know, they're only four and three, but three losses is good enough for the second. Uh, well, if I guess third amount of losses, Baltimore has two losses, Houston one loss, and then you get to Denver and New England each with three. But it feels like they're starting to get on that roll, right? Like it feels like they're starting to build and they're building into they're one of the best teams click. in the AFC. They're starting to click, yeah, right. They are starting to, you know, they're starting to look like the team, the type of team that Peyton Manning has played with in the past. The type of team that people consider to be a Super Bowl contender at the beginning of the season. Yes, absolutely. And when you look at some of those those passing completions that, that Peyton Manning was making there, uh, the fact that Willis McGahey, despite that fumble, right, and despite Ronnie Hillman's fumble, yeah, know, I mean, that how much how did you lose your mind when Willis McGahey got stripped like that just so easily? Yeah, I lost my mind because it was early in the game, and it was just like, dude, wrap it up. Please hold on <laughs> yeah. to that ball. And it was just the same thing, and then it happened to Ronnie Hillman later in the game. But fortunately, Ronnie Hillman was near the sideline, and it just kind of flew out of bounds. Despite all that, you're not, you're not, seeing, you're not seeing a lot of mistakes. You're not seeing a lot of uh, boneheaded plays. I mean, even Willis McGahee, right? All right. He's going to fumble occasionally, and if you hand the ball off to him 25 times and, you know, he's rushing for 125 yards or whatever it was, that's going to happen. And he had a great game other than that. Got it. I'm even just looking at, you know, on that play, I wasn't even worried when he fumbled it. I was kind of just like, ah, it sucks, but I didn't have that same kind of dire feeling I had like in that Atlanta game where when the turnovers were just, you know, killer almost. Oh, I flashed back immediately in my mind to the first half of the San Diego Chargers game. Yeah. I was just like, you're really, God damn it, really? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of worrisome. But another thing you're looking at here with Peyton Manning, I was just kind of breezing through the stats in the NFL. He's leading the all quarterbacks in QB rating with a rating of 109. I believe second place is Aaron Rodgers with like 107. But he's leading the league in, uh, in QB rating. So Aaron Rodgers has 107 quarterback rating, even though he's thrown like, 20 interceptions. I, I might be wrong on I think Aaron Rodgers might have thrown as many touchdowns as he has interceptions this year so far. It's like 17 and 17 or 17 and 20. Yeah, he's number two at 107.9. No kidding. Well, good for him. I mean, <clears throat> that means a lot, you know, for the other stuff he's done when he's thrown that many interceptions. Yeah, and then you're, you know, you're looking at Peyton's numbers. He's got over 2,000 passing yards. He has 17 touchdowns, only four interceptions. Three of those came, as in we know, one, against in one game, one quarter. One quarter. Yeah, so, I mean, one quarter. You erase that quarter. He's got 17 touchdowns and one interception. You know, I mean that's that's insane. But four interceptions. You know, that's Tom Brady only has three. Big Ben three. Robert Griffin the third three. So that's good company to be in at that amount. Then you look at you know this this coming opponent Andy Dalton, 13 touchdowns, 10 interceptions on the year. Like you you'd probably consider Dalton's having a fairly successful year, but he still has 10 picks. But then you look at Peyton's numbers and you're like. Man, for all the talk of him being, is he back? Is he not back? Is his arm strength okay? This and that. He's fighting through some of that. He's starting to get healthy, and he still has 17 touchdowns and four picks. This and guy's the, playing out of his mind. Yeah, and by the way, about that arm strength, that's out the window, right? I mean, yeah. speaking of arm strength, right? Andy Dalton coming up, Cincinnati, uh, leading the league with six touchdown passes thrown over 40 yards. Peyton Manning, zero. Right. <laughs> I mean, so, but what does that mean? Right. Uh, Andy Dalton's only thrown six touchdowns, 
or excuse me, only thrown 13 touchdown passes. Six of them were 40 yard plus, right? Yeah. So you start to look at that and you say, well, all right, that makes it a little bit easier for the Broncos. Got lucky a few times, got yeah, a couple coverage breaks. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so what do the, what do the Bengals rely on? Running game? You know, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, yeah. attorney at law, right? Uh, AJ Green, wide AJ receiver. Green, the deep threat. Is there is there any um, is there anybody out there who's saying that the Cincinnati Bengals are a harder de- team to defend against than the New Orleans Saints? Um, yeah, no, no, it's not, at all. not the way. I mean, granted, it's going to be on the road. It's it's going to be in, in Cincinnati, but it's not like Cincinnati is like, you know historically a difficult place to play. I mean, no, not at all. The Broncos, I think, do historically well in Cincinnati. Really? I was kind of thinking maybe they didn't. I mean, of course, I didn't look it up. But but the thing is, it's like the Bengals aren't, you know, what are they, three and four? Broncos are four and three. Yep. Okay. Uh, That seems like a mismatch. I hope the Broncos don't look at it that way because the Broncos have to keep proving themselves. They have to keep uh, getting better and better. And, and, this last win against the Saints was exactly the type of win I enjoy watching. Just kind of like get a lead, build on it, extend it, play well, make fewer few mistakes, put Step some defensive on pressure. By the end of that game, I was mixing myself my second, my second root beer float, number two. <laughs> nice celebratory. <laughs> it was completely <laughs> unnecessary. As soon as I put the last spoonful of root beer and vanilla ice cream into my mouth, my stomach was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Like my stomach hurt, but my heart, my heart felt great because I was watching the Broncos win in the manner that I like to watch the Broncos win. I mean, that was a game too where, you know, New Orleans comes in, their offense has been red hot. Marcus Colston had been tearing it up. I mean, I have, I traded for him. Did he even play? (laughs) Did he even play in that game? Yeah. But it's like, you know, New Orleans had come in, Winners of two straight, looking like they were getting back to you know what the Broncos did. You know, I mean, they were the team that was the hot team coming in. Denver, everyone was saying thirty-five. You know, it's going to be thirty-eight, thirty-five, forty-two, thirty-five. It's going to be a shootout. Denver's going to have to. No, Denver's defense dominated that game. The offense did whatever they wanted to. They ran the ball well, threw the ball wherever they wanted. Demarius Thomas was making plays all over the field. What yeah. was that little shovel pass too, Peyton Manning threw? Remember that? It was overhand. He just fired it or, right yeah, yeah, Willis's you're belly. Right. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, you see it and you're like, was that a shovel pass? And then replay, <laughs> you're like, happened? how did he do that? It just happened. Yeah. But and I'm excited for Ronnie Hillman. I thought Ronnie Hillman ran very well. 122 yards from McGahee, 86 for Hillman. They and averaged the over way, five yards to carry a piece. Ronnie Hillman must have run 170 yards, right? Because <laughs> 70 of those were running side to side. And getting he's out of He's got to work on that. That's, of course, he's a rookie. Right, youngest player in the NFL, I think they said. I think he, he does great with picking up. Like he, he's kind of like McGahee, where he'll make a move and then he gets upfield. Well, I but he just like, try to get outside a little bit. I feel like when they run a play for Ronnie Hillman, right? He that is he needs to run where the play intends him to run, and he needs to commit to that. And he's got the outside speed that's going to ha- allow him to break those things. But I, I noticed him. I could see him happening. Is he's like. Gets kind of like he looks at a potential tackler and kind of slows down, shuffles feet, and then cuts back the other way. 
and he ends up making two yards when he should have lost 10. But if I think if he had just committed to it and just used his flat-out – I mean, Ronnie Hillman has flat-out speed, right? Oh, yeah. He's got to commit to those, and I'm sure that they're talking to him about that. It's just when they play – when they when they want that type of run outside, just commit to it and run. And if you make two yards and get tackled, that's not your fault necessarily. But if you come back – Turn around, run the wrong way, run parallel, run run east to west when you should be running north to south, and and you lose two yards. That's your fault, and you know. So, but anyway, that was fun to see him. And how about the game by uh, the newest weapon, Virgil Green? He has three catches for forty four <laughs> yards, average fourteen yards a catch. I don't think they threw a pass to him further than one yard. I, they were throwing those little slip screens to him, and he was just rumbling. I have to be honest. I had no idea who Virgil Green was. <laughs> I, uh, I've seen him in some blocking formations, and I was well, like, who I, I is this, out, like a fourth-string tight end? Yeah, I found out he was he was uh, suspended. Oh, he, he was? was? One of the Broncos suspended for performance-enhancing stuff. Oh, okay. Is so, that why he was so fast? <laughs> that's why. He, well, that's why he was back, and, yeah. and it's like probably why Joel Drayson had no catches this week. Or, right, who I started Tammy, in my fantasy team. Tammy, Thanks, Joel. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but Virgil Green, interesting. Yeah, uh, he's back. DJ Williams. When does he come back? Now, still another two weeks. I think out? he was suspended for nine games, so they're at seven. This is be their two eighth game weeks. coming up, so two more weeks. If he could come back and make an impact, but at the same time, I mean, Joe Mays just went out with a season-ending injury, broke yes, his fibula. That sucks. That's rough. What a rough season for him, considering he was screwed over on those fines and he was screwed over on that suspension yeah. for that head-to-head against Matt Ryan. Was that what that was? Or Yeah, yep. Um, but he was totally screwed over, and now he broke his leg, and, and that sucks. You know, Wesley him. Woodard, though, have, had a great game. Uh, our young linebacker, Danny Trevathan, the rookie, looks pretty fantastic in pass coverage. And another guy that's, that looked outstanding is Tony Carter and Chris Harris. Wait, wasn't still Danny good. Trevathan drafted this year in like the rookie, yeah. fifth round or something? Yeah, something like that, fourth or fifth round He's like round 188th pick. pick overall or something. Yeah, looks pretty good. And then even Tony Carter, I believe he's an undrafted free agent. This guy looks like a starter for years to come. And, they you know, Chris great. Harris still doing his thing. But, like, I'm Champ saying. Champ Bailey. How can we, you know, Champ Bailey never gets talked about, you know, because if he's not intercepting the ball or if he's not getting burned, right? Right. How great of a game did he have? Yeah, this six season. tackles. I mean, I mean he, he literally, every year it's like, yeah, it's, you know, he's losing it and he's going to retire. He has not lost it. He is just as savvy and smart and fast as he's ever been. Yeah. But I mean, this was, this was the exact game that both of us wanted to see after that San Diego game. A dominating performance, both offensively and defensively, that's going to allow the team now to start getting on a roll, start racking up wins and making a case for, you know, pulling off winning, not only winning the AFC West, but maybe challenging for the number one seed in the AFC if they can really get on a roll. And so here we go. Next three games, Cincinnati on the road, Carolina on the road, San Diego at home. I'd pencil them in to lose to the Bengals at the beginning of the season. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think no, they could beat Cincinnati. No way. No way. Carolina's, not Carolina. They've won one game. Yeah, Carolina's one and six. They look terrible. San Diego's won three games. And they're going to be here. That should be revenge for, like, not revenge for Denver, but it should be because San Diego's given us beatdowns over the past few years. So this is the time to, like, start, you know, kicking them while they get down. And, and here's the thing, and this is the most impressive aspect of the Broncos, right? Weathered the first half of the season or the first third of the season with their toughest opponents. Pittsburgh, 
Atlanta, Houston, New England, right? Maybe maybe not Pittsburgh necessarily, but but anyway, these are teams that were really good. Weathered it, came out of there at five hundred. Well, Pittsburgh's good, four and three. They're bouncing back. That's true. Yeah, and when we played them, they were undefeated. Yeah, let's not forget about that. And that's going to be, I think, the that's first three look. teams we played this year were undefeated. <laughs> Very Pittsburgh, true. Pittsburgh, Atlanta, and Houston. Yep. Now look at the rest. Everybody was talking about how Baltimore, right? Look at what's happening to Baltimore. I mean, they they are not the team that everybody thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season with injuries and and uh, you know affecting their defense. Baltimore was the only team that was looking like they were going to be. Uh, you know, kind of a, a potential roadblock for the Broncos in the second half. Now, I, Oakland looks like they're kind of making a little bit of a turnaround. Cleveland now doesn't look quite as bad as they everybody thought they were going to be. But other than that, maybe Tampa Bay is decent. I mean, look at that. Cincinnati, Carolina, San Diego, Kansas City, Tampa, Oakland, Baltimore, Cleveland, Kansas City. Why can't the Broncos run the table? No reason why they can't. Right? Yeah. And they're four and three. It's crazy. 13, like 13 and 3. I mean, 13 and 3. Honestly, though, like, <laughs> seriously, like, they, they could do that. But are you seeing, like, with these wide receivers, too? I mean, Decker, other than his follies of, you know, tripping over chalk and whatever else, I mean, Decker's looking pretty good, making some pretty good plays out there. Demarius Thomas is really coming into his own. I mean, he looks, he had that, that deep ball that he caught where you first saw it and you're like, oh, that was a nice play. And then they show the replay and he's Incredible. full extension in the air. Incredible. You know, pulls it down. He's running these, these shorter routes now. Crisper, he's giving Manning the signs of when he's going to be coming out of his breaks. I mean, this kid is looking I'm phenomenal. You, man, I'm telling you, these guys, these wide receivers, every player on that team is adopting the attitude of Peyton Manning, which is 100% pure confidence. That's what they're doing. They're professionals. They're no longer the jokes of the league with Tim Tebow, right? Uh, I'm not talking poorly about Tim Tebow as a person or a player, but people didn't buy into it. Yeah, you're seeing you know 22 receptions this week from the Broncos versus you know with Tebow here four or five for everybody. So I mean, yeah, guys are getting opportunities to be what they're supposed to be, which are NFL wide receivers. And let's not underestimate the leadership of guys like Willis McGahee and Champ Bailey. I mean, these guys are leaders. These guys are veterans. These guys are guys that have been around for a long time and know how to, how to, uh, you know, know how to act. And I'm just, I'm excited. I don't know if I've made that clear or not, but I'm excited. <laughs> we did I have. Uh... I see no reason. I don't see any any reason why the Broncos can't be serious contenders to go to all the way and, you know, thirteen and three or, or whatever, twelve and four or whatever. It doesn't matter. And the best part is they don't even need to do that to win the division. You know, they can probably end up 8-8 eight and eight somehow <laughs> yeah, and, win and, the and still win the division. We had a question today, uh, you know, at the end with this um, – with Hurricane Sandy out east and whatever, the NFL pushed back their trade deadline two days. I believe it's now Thursday, the NFL trade deadline. We actually had a, a listener asking us if Sean Moreno, what his future is with this Broncos team, could they get anything for him at the trade deadline in a trade? Uh you mean the Noshan Moreno that led uh, the 2010 Broncos in rushing yards? <laughs> yes, <laughs> who has been no-show Moreno so far. Uh, so should the Broncos trade Noshan Moreno? I, I don't know. I mean, who are you going to get for Noshan Moreno? I don't know. I mean, if somebody was like, here's a seventh-round pick, I'd be like, okay, I guess like you can pay him to 
to whatever. But that's still an interesting question. Is there somebody the Broncos can pick up to vastly, not necessarily a, an individual, but a position that could we could pick up to vastly improve the Broncos, tr- you know, through the rest of the season? In the trade deadline deal? Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe another linebacker. You know, I mean, I know we got DJ Williams coming back. I mean, I would think that it have it have to be on defense. Yeah, if you're looking at, I don't know about your safety positions. Maybe, maybe safety. Uh, yeah, it's, the NFL is such a weird league though because it's not like Major League Baseball and it's not like uh, the NBA where teams are looking to sell off parts. Really, you know, I mean, every, you don't see that many deals at the trade deadline in the NFL. You might see no. one or two kind of minor things. If you know, I think the big deal usually is like last season. Or when was it when the Broncos were getting rid of Orton? You know, and it was like, yeah, I wish the trade deadline was later in the year because then they could have got something for Kyle Orton. It's like you just don't see that many moves, so I don't. I don't really expect the Broncos to do anything. Maybe especially get a, maybe get a freaking kickoff returner, punt returner. <laughs> I, I like kind of like this Holiday kid. He had some good moves was that in this the dude last who game. Brought it out of the end zone. No, uh, that was the that rookie was Holiday. That or was Burton Holiday. That was Burton the rookie. What's his name? Bolden. 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 Yeah, Bolden. What the hell was that? Ah, that's just a bad. That's just a bad decision. Yeah, one one return. He got credit for twelve yards. Omar Bolden, but you know he started eight yards deep in the end zone. Right. That was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. But the Broncos took it ninety three yards on that drive and scored a touchdown. How about that? I mean, (laughs) that was huge. It was basically just like uh, it's so fun and interesting. And again, I go back to that whole thing about the path that we've been on as Bronco fans over the years to now think about that. Three years ago, four years ago, if I said, you know what, in four years, in my, I'm going to be married a year, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. living in uh, downtown Denver, hosting a, a sports podcast, a wildly successful sports podcast, <laughs> you know, over for a year and a half, I'd be like, no freaking way. That would not be my life. As a Broncos fan, if you said four years ago, you know what, John always going to be the executive vice president of football operations, and Peyton Manning's going to be your quarterback. Just think about that. Four years ago, somebody said, Peyton Manning's going to be the quarterback of the yeah, Denver Broncos in four years. Like, oh, and, and no. between that, guess who will be your starter? Tim Tebow. <laughs> you know, like, what if, that, what if somebody told you that? Oh, guess what? You're going to have Tim Tebow as your starter and Peyton Manning as your starting quarterback within 12 months of each other. You'd be like, you are high yeah you'd be like how is that gonna happen <laughs> that would like right how would that happen? uh it's so crazy to think about that i want to make a prediction Trendon holiday the new punt returner that we got from houston i think he looks pretty good he had some moves in this past game where i was like man he, he had almost, a good return brought us back to 50 uh, past the 50 yard line right? yeah i want to make a prediction say that he's gonna break two for touchdowns before the end of the season Ooh, going two. how much did you like uh or hate seeing darren sproles again is Trendon Holiday a Darren Sproles type uh, game breaker? Uh, I think he's got a different different style to him. Sproles is just that little tiny guy that's a burner, right? But they had somebody queued up a stat about his uh, touchdowns against the Broncos. Like somebody's job that week was to go and find all the touchdowns Sproles has burned the Broncos for. He's he's <laughs> the guy who I'm like, I can't stand. Freaking hate that guy. You think we could get him next year? Anybody? Anybody think we can get him? It's one of those guys that just kills you where you're like, you may as well just sign him so he doesn't hurt you anymore. Hey, hey you let know? me tell you, man, that's uh, Shannon Sharp to a lot of other teams while he was on the Broncos. Everybody hated him, but wish they had him on our, on their team, right? Yeah. I put Tony Gonzalez into that category. I put Junior Seau into that category of guys I hated, but it's because I really wanted him on the team. Yeah. Hey, 
Peyton Manning was one of those guys. Oh, big time. You know what I mean? Easily. Hated him. Hated him. Wished he was on my team. Respected the hell out of him, yeah. but hated him. Never would have said that I respected him. I would have come out with a million reasons why I thought he wasn't very good. <laughs> I always used to think, too, I was like, all he does is his little dink passes. Like, this guy can't even play quarterback. He doesn't even burn us deep. He just throws his old dink and dumps. <laughs> He's a dink and dumper. Dink and dumper. <laughs> good stuff. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll move on here. Take a little short one, come back, talk uh, a little Denver Nuggets basketball? Absolutely. All right. Happy Halloween. I like the you. music. I like the music breaks. I think it gives us a nice little... Little, Listeners, nice little transition. Yeah, it's a little buffer, little bumper, little. Yeah, yeah. But no, I don't have a, a little, Halloween mask a on. Palate cleanser, palette if you will. Cleanser. Yeah, yeah. Because now it's Halloween time, and the Nuggets start their regular season on Hall- All Hallows Eve. Yeah, All Hallows Eve, the scary time of year where kids get diabetes, and ghosts, and tricks and treats. And the Nuggets go all the way out to Philadelphia to face the 76ers with their new newest leader, Andre Iguodala, the yeah, former 76er. Newest leader for sure is Iguodala and Andre Miller, both named team captains, announced oh, today by the Nuggets. They got the patch? Yeah. What do they have in the NBA these days? A little, uh, I don't know if they – a little piece of tape over the tank top. Thing. Yeah, I think they have a little piece of tape or something in the case. Kind of funny, though, because, I mean, Andre Miller, uh, a very quiet guy by all uh, measures. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of people on our board today were criticizing the move of having him as a captain because he uh, traditionally comes into the new season completely out of shape and kind of uses training camp <laughs> and the first few games to work himself into shape. So people are like, why is he a captain? Like, that's not a model to go after. Like, all these other guys are working hard all summer, and this guy comes in out of shape. Like, how is he a captain? And then Andre Iguodala comes in uh, in a, an offseason trade, and, you know, he, he assumes the role of captain already. So, I mean, that kind of shows you what his personality is like, how he's kind of come in and, you know, made his mark already on the team. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool. Well, there's something to be said with professionalism and veteran savvy and – the fact that this game, yes, it's a youth game, right? Basketball. But it's still dominated by veterans. And LeBron young teams James, never win. LeBron James didn't come into the league and start winning championships, right? Nope. Michael Jordan didn't do it. Nobody's no, nobody's done that. You need that veteran leadership. So I don't see why. Yeah, of course, Andre Miller. You yeah. See, they, they, they judge it on the ass. And Andre Miller, I've heard, has a great ass <laughs> big old booty <laughs> andre miller's got a great ass you got your head all the way up it's <laughs> your best al pacino <laughs> not bad not my bad. best that was like pretty much the best ever best ever but uh <clears throat> no that's great igudala is it igudala or iguadala Iguodala. I probably should be asking you because you call Matt Schaub Matt Schwab. Yeah, you shouldn't ask me. I just call him Iguodala. I mean, I'll call you Nate Twimmins from now on. <laughs> Iguodala, Iguodala. Iguodala. All right. Andre Iguodala. Mm. Not, don't call him Iggy. Don't Do call him Iggy. Don't call him Iggy. Don't call him Iggy. Don't even ask him about being <laughs> called Iggy. So uh, tomorrow night, uh, Halloween night, big game, 
Small game? What do you, what do you think? Uh, it'd be a bigger game if the biggest player was going to be in it, which is Andrew Bynum, uh, Philadelphia's new center who is involved in the big trade to bring Andre Iguodala to the Nuggets. But Andrew Bynum's going to be out. Uh, George Carl actually said today at practice he was hoping that Bynum would play because that yeah, kind of yeah. – well, I mean, kind of – he's like, you know, it would slow things down now that Philadelphia's going to play faster or whatever, but – He's happy he's not there. It's always a funny thing. Yeah, he should wish be they would play because, you know, we want to face the best team. We can handle anybody. Well, yeah, I mean, from his side, though, I mean, Bynum would allow the Nuggets to play faster. I mean, you'd be able to beat him down court every single time because he's a Nuggets statue. Nuggets aren't a fast break team anymore, man. They're the dribble dribble drive. Oh, they're still a fast forward. break team. They'll still be, they'll still be rocking it. Speaking of fast break team, Ty Lawson, four years, $48 million. Yeah. Man, that's, that's huge. We're, we're talking about this off the show. We could talk about it a little bit here, just kind of the, watching this thing kind of go down in front of my eyes, you know? You were there. You were in the middle of it. In the middle of some of it. But so, you know, I'm at, I'm at practice. They open the doors. We're kind of hanging out in this little hall before you're allowed to get in. They open the doors to practice. We're kind of watching the team run through some out-of-bounds plays and whatnot and, you know, wrap up the the end of it there. And, you know, Masai Ujiri comes in, and there's a, there's a guy with him in a suit. You know, he's all dressed up, dressed to the nines as well. Masai's in his suit. He kind of walks in. He's kind of walking around, and I'm like, this guy looks like an agent, right? Like, he Wait, looks... Did he have super gelled up hair? Yeah, yeah a little bit. A pinky ring, a, a fat Rolex. But it wasn't the – Was uh... he short? Was he sh- kind of short? No, he's he's about my height, about 6'2". Oh. He's wearing like a gray suit, but nice, you know, and he didn't have the slick back like Riley hair. French, French cuffs? Did he have French cuffs? He may have. I didn't see the, that with detail. The, with the uh, cuff links. He could have. Yeah, big knot too, probably on his tie. Big knot, sh- kind of shiny. It was tie. a big knot. I think it was a purple tie yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a light gray suit, you know. And you come, I'm kind of like, who is this guy? I haven't seen him around. He looks like an agent type, mm-hmm. and he's, you know, hanging out with Masai. He kind of went over and talked to a few guys. And on the way out, I heard somebody kind of say like, "Hey, Happy, how's it going?" And I was like, "Happy." Ty Lawson's agent's name is Happy Walters. That must be Happy Walters. Is that his nickname? Probably. Is it a right? white guy or a black guy? It's white. White guy named yeah. Happy, like Happy Gilmore? Like, well, Wasn't the guy's name Happy in uh, the program? The dirty alumni guy that was bringing in all the dirty players? I can't recall. Not the program, uh, Blue Chips. No. His name was, was Happy, it? I think, something. I just remember Nick Nolte. Nolte. Yeah. Wow, get these guys to play them down without the with rice in my soul. <laughs> we pay that color. What do you want, Alexis? Was that a good impression? Give Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Dalty. Nick Dalty. Ross is talking out of the side of his mouth here. And crumpled himself into a bit of a ball. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. So, yeah, I see this guy walking around with Masai here. Somebody call him Happy, and it cues in my head. Lawson just hired a guy named Happy Walters. You know, and all of a sudden, uh, practice is over. Uh, I'm downstairs waiting to talk to Wilson Chandler. Ty Lawson comes walking out, and you know we kind of give him, "Hey, good luck in Philadelphia." And I thanked him for uh, the uh, s- suggestion of Yo Gotti. Told him I'd been listening to a little Yo Gotti, and he asked me if I this liked. This was it. Wilson Chandler. No, Ty Lawson. You told Ty Lawson to listen to Yo Gotti. No, he told me to listen to you, Yo Gotti. Okay, and you did. I did. Told him pretty good. Reminded me of uh, the movie Hustle and Flow. Blah blah blah. Anyway, it's hot out there for him. 
trying to get this money for the rent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, he he was in a you know decent mood, whatever, and just kind of left. And then <laughs> I bet he was. <laughs> well, I don't know if he knew if he'd even get the deal at this point. Oh, but, he knew. You know, but then like an hour later, he tweets out, you know, hey, guess what? And then people are like, you you signed your contract, and he tweets out, looks like I'll be with the Nuggets for another four years. Thank you to the Kroenke family, Masai, all the fans. Didn't he say thank you for believing me? And then like three question marks. Thank you for believing in me. Or believing in me with a bunch of question marks. I didn't see the question marks, I don't oh, think. Maybe but. that was somebody else retweeting it, adding question marks. Yeah. But congratulations to Ty Lawson. Yeah. $48 million million. over four years. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that is, I mean, that's awesome. And we'd heard the original. I'm not jealous at all. I, I, no. It's a lot of money to play basketball. A lot of money. But we'd heard the original deal it was reported that it was four years and about, uh, I believe, $45 million is what was floated out there. And then, you know, yesterday at practice, Lawson was kind of talking about how he talked to his agent. They're kind of, they weren't where they wanted to be. And, you know, he was kind of disappointed. And it was, you can kind of tell that it was going to be a, you know, George Carl called it a distraction earlier. And I was kind of, I wrote on Denver Stiffs about what is this going to mean if he has to play the season on a $2.5 million deal with no guarantee for the future? He's a reckless point guard. He likes to, you know, get to the rim. He gets hammered a lot. He comes down on his ankles. Like, is he going to be as aggressive? Is it going to be in his mind? If I get hurt, I got nothing waiting for me. Like, this takes a lot of that out. It takes everything out now. I mean, he's he's back, and then they wind up settling on forty eight million, which, you know, he he could have earned up to sixty million over four years had the Nuggets given him a max extension. So forty eight million dollars over four years comes out to about ten point two million. Twelve million. Well, it comes out to twelve year. million a year. Yeah, twelve million dollars per year. And the way that they'll structure it, you know, it'll probably start at nine or ten, and then escalate, you know, with the percentage raises from there. But so it's back end loaded as opposed to front end loaded. Yeah, they usually start because then when he signs his next contract, they can base it off the last year he made, and then you get raises based off that number mm. if he's still up there. I don't know. It's kind of complicated, but he's locked up till he's twenty nine years old. <laughs> You're like a. Car used car salesman talking to a like a woman who walks in. <laughs> it's a little complicated. We don't want to get into details. You need but, the undercoating uh... for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it gets you know it, it's just I'm, I'm I was glad to see that it happened and it happened at a number that I think you know I think the fans are who cares about them? what you know fans. It's not our money. We don't care. But it's a, it's a number that's not going to kill the team either. You know, I mean, sixty. You're thinking, oh, that's a lot of money. You know, sixty million dollars. Who's the team going to be able to sign? Well, you know what I've noticed about the Nuggets is that they, uh, by signing a contract with a guy, even a big contract, that doesn't mean that they're attaching their success to that player. You're thinking about Aaron Aflalo and Nene, of course. Well, of course. I mean, uh, you know, a number of guys out there that you know they're not. Yeah, they they talk. You know the way I think the Nuggets are doing business is like playing Monopoly, right? You know, I think that they look at this game as you know, let's trade four greenhouses for one red hotel. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that when they go out there and they sign a contract like this with Ty Lawson, right? It's locking up one of those greenhouses, you know, and they've got three other greenhouses there that they are ready and i think they're ready to deal uh at any time during the season and maybe it's at the end of the season but it doesn't mean when they sign a contract for 48 million dollars that they're going to pay 48 million dollars because you can unload that in certain ways 
And uh, that's where Masai Ujiri comes in. That's where Josh Kroenke comes in, and they're running this as a business. Now, the difference, and the, the real big question is, are they playing this game to win a championship, or are they playing this game to continue on how they have been? And And it seems to me that the evidence doesn't necessarily mean that they're just trying to keep the business going as profitable. It doesn't rule out that they're trying to get a championship eventually. Now, this season, we'll see. But they got four greenhouses. I'll tell you that much. Well, I'm even and looking looking at next year's salary, and they're going to be paying you know, $16 million to Iguodala, $10 million to McGee, $10 million to Gallinari, and then you're going to have Lawson's extensions going to kick in, and he's going to be making somewhere around 10 or $11 million next year as well. So that's four guys that are making – Double figure millions, and you look at it: Gallinari, Ty Lawson, uh, not Igudala, uh, but Jordan Hamilton, right? Kenneth Free. That's a pretty nice little package for a big time deal to bring in a big time player. I yeah. don't know who that could be. You know, maybe they maybe they do a draft pick thing, you know, and then go for next year to kind of build around Igudala. They have kind of they've set themselves up to be able to either have these young guys grow into those big contracts because they're paying you know they're paying Gallinari they're paying McGee and they're paying Lawson based more off potential than they are past production right mm-hmm. young guys that they're hoping are going to grow into deserving of these amounts of money uh, so yeah you're right they can either they can play it both ways they can either you know hopefully watch those guys grow into being worth those contracts or being having those be justified, or maybe they can still parlay those into a trade where those guys still have the potential to get there so other teams will want them as part of a package deal, right? That's There's you, a lot of teams out there that would love to have these guys, you know? And there's and there's also other teams that are in different positions, different um you know, different stages in their development. You know, and, and that's why you kind of see some of these crazy trades, right? Where you know, the Nuggets are a part of a trade that sends, you know, a big-time player like Dwight Howard to the Los <laughs> Angeles Lakers, right? Yeah. It's because the Nuggets realize, well, you know what? We can benefit from this for the future, and the Lakers are in this, you know. That's one of the big differences, right? Uh, and one of the reasons why it's a little bit better to be, you know, a fan of the Nuggets in this small market. The Lakers are expected to win championships every single year. The Nuggets <laughs> – we would just honestly be happy with a second round berth, you know? I mean, so, uh, you know, that's all I'm saying is like the Nuggets have this ability to come in. And I think that uh, it's one of those situations where they can kind of build up and build up and plan and plan and strategize and then go on like a nice three or four year run where they get a couple championships, right? Maybe one, maybe two, you know? But this notion of the Nuggets having a, you know, a dynasty or, or something like the Lakers or, you know, the Heat, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and you even look back, like you were just talking about with, you know, the path you get to over the course of years, you know, and I still think back to the 2009 Western Conference Finals run, and you look at this team now, and there's not a guy on this team that was on that team. Not nobody, right? Yeah, and that was 2009. I mean, really, that was, nobody, nobody. Wait, that wait, was the didn't Andre before. Miller leave and then come back? Yeah, but he wasn't on that he team. He wasn't. No. no. It was uh, Chauncey Billups, but yeah, they wouldn't have had Chauncey one. Billups if they wouldn't have had Allen Iverson, and they wouldn't have had Iverson if they didn't have Andre Miller. So that's kind of how that path got there. But right. I mean, it's it's weird to think that 
But in between 2009 and now, there hasn't been that drop off like you'd expect in the NBA either. The Nuggets have, you know, maintained their winning ways, and they have a completely different team. But I will say this, and there's this this uh, this is the overwhelming attitude of Denver Nuggets fans that I think is a little bit naive in that making the playoffs is somehow means a successful season when. Over over half the teams make it. Yeah, 60%. sixteen out of thirty. <laughs> yeah, right. Over fifty percent of the teams make the playoffs. Making the playoffs, that's you know you should be making the playoffs. I mean that's all I'm saying. Yeah, making the and that's not making the playoffs basically means you went five hundred or better. Sometimes, some <laughs> years you don't even go five hundred. Right. So, making <laughs> it to that second round is important. But now that's the other thing is that in the NBA, you can't have a mediocre team and make a run in the playoffs as a mediocre team. The playoffs are set up to absolutely limit that from happening. With now, you know, back in the day, what was it, a five-game first-round series? Yeah. You could sneak by that first round and, and get into the second round. Now, no. Now you can't do that. And um, So, I mean, again, the, the Nuggets, hey, it's going to be a fun team to watch, and I think they can still make the playoffs. And everybody's saying 50, 51 games. I, I think they could do better than that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I kind of look at the the playoff success this year too. It's it's kind of crazy that you know everybody's like, if they don't get out of the first round, it's it's not a success. And it's like, well, if you look at where the Nuggets are probably going to fall in the playoff seeding, you know, maybe they're going to be the third, fourth, or fifth seed, possibly the sixth seed. You know, and, and then you look at who they're going to play there. They're probably going to match up in the first round against you know either the Clippers or the Grizzlies or maybe the Spurs. They could face the Lakers. So if you look at those teams, those were going to be 50-win teams. Your first-round opponent in the playoffs, unless the Nuggets somehow climb up to the two-seed, they're not going to have an easy matchup in the first round. Even if they're the two-seed, they're probably going to face a pretty decent seven-seed. I mean, it's going to be a dogfight in the first round of the playoffs no matter who you play. I'm not saying they shouldn't they shouldn't win that series, but it's going to be a good series. It's not like in the NFL or you know, where maybe you get like kind of a, a joke team in the first round. I mean, you're going to be facing a quality team. It's 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 even crazy even to be talking about. I mean, I know it's fun, and I'm sitting here, and I got right into it, right? Talking about the playoffs. Who are you going to face? You know, uh, making the playoffs doesn't mean it's a successful season. But even talking about the playoffs, right? Bef- the, the day before the first game of the regular season, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of insane. It's, it's just one of those things. Like, people, big baseball fans don't talk about that, you know? They don't talk about the playoffs yet. You know yeah, I mean? Yankees fans, Red Sox yeah, fans, they're I penciled I mean, in, that, right? You know, I think that they talk about, you know, divisional matchups and, and you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. It's just it's just interesting to me. I, and, I, and I was trying to make the point that talking about the playoffs in basketball the day before the first regular season game is <laughs> – I mean, it's it's kind of funny, but we do it, right? I mean, it is funny, and even even George has kind of said, you know, I mean, the reason that you play, he said, you know, his team understands the reason that they play the regular season is to get a top four seed in the playoffs, like to get home court advantage. You know, it's it is, and then it's it, it, there's kind of two different ways of looking at it too. It's like, yeah, we're talking about the playoffs right now before the season even started. That's a crazy thing for Nuggets fans because of how bad the team used to be. Like that's how spoiled we've kind of been with a little bit of success in the NBA over the past nine, 10 seasons. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, I guess talking about the playoffs before the season even starts, it's kind of like, well, hopefully they get there. 
knows how much you know yeah you don't totally know but first three games of the season all on the road 17 of the team's first 23 games are on the road Wow. So they're not going to be at the Pepsi Center very often. The first home game's not till uh, November 6th. What else is going on November 6th? Anything? Hmm. Uh, well, it depends because I have a feeling with this hurricane that, you know, they're going to delay the election or something because <laughs> yeah. half those people are going to be snowed in beneath a mile of ice. Ice and rain. and It's like uh, the day before yesterday. What was that movie with Dennis Quaid? Uh yeah, day after tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. I feel like that's what's going on up there. <laughs> no. Oh, it's getting crazy, but first three games. I was kind of surprised the Nuggets actually made it to Philadelphia to play this game. I thought that they that they were just screwed, but I guess it's moving north, so. Yeah, and they did say, you know, the Philly airport was supposed to be closed, or all flights were supposed to be canceled through Tuesday, but, I mean, it's a chartered flight, so obviously all they need is the airport to be open to be able to get in, but... You know, first three games at Philadelphia Wednesday, and then this weekend Friday they're in Orlando, and then Saturday they're uh, playing Miami. We're gonna be having Stiff's Night Out on Thursday. People Jake's. come down to Jake's Food and Spirits, thirty eight hundred Walnut, thirty eighth and Walnut, thirty eight hundred yeah. Walnut, thirty eight hundred Walnut Street. I'll be there, yeah, yeah I'll we're be gonna there. be giving be away supporting the Stiffs tickets, uh, some uh, some Nuggets swag as well, and perhaps uh, okay. All right. All right. something else. Listen, man, you're, you're underselling us. Yeah. Some tickets, some nugget swag. No, 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 no. Tickets to three games. Yep. Right? Two the, pairs, pairs away, of tickets to three games. We're giving away two sets of tickets to the Miami Heat home game. Okay. That's not a small thing. No. Two sets of tickets, two pairs of tickets to the Miami Heat home game. And then another set of tickets to the Golden State Warriors game. Golden State could be a playoff this team this year. I would love to go to that game. Clay and Thompson, then, Steph Curry. Then some uh, – uh, jersey t-shirts. Some t-shirt jerseys. We'll have yes. uh, like 15 of those to give away. 15. Daniel, uh, JaVale McGee signed. JaVale McGee autographed basketball. See, listen, this is a, this is going to be fun. 5.30 p.m. at Jake's on Saturday. I'll be there. So that's, I mean, that in itself. That's a big deal. We have Ross this Martin, special guest. <laughs> we'll have to call you up, make you read some trivia or something. <laughs> so, yeah, come come out there. Denver Stiffs and uh, other folks. I'm going to bring some friends out there. It's going to be fun. Jake's, by the way, it's going to be 5.30, perfect time for dinner. They got great food. They got a lot of Great food, 10 TVs. We got a 100-inch screen. We'll have the game on as well, so that's always fun. Maybe we can talk uh, Andy Feinstein into breaking out that, uh, like, uh, pink beer pong table in the back. (laughs) The beer pong table? It might still be there. I know we're going to be having uh, some some, – Denver Stiffs, Stiffy Shots as well. Andy usually treats everybody to a round of those concoctions. Go. So Good stuff. Yeah, that'll be good for the Heat game. But, uh, man, big road schedule for the Nuggets, you know. Philly, Orlando, Miami. That Miami game Saturday, too. People are thinking, oh, that's a back-to-back. Nuggets probably lose that game. Miami plays the night before in New York against the Knicks, so they have to fly from New York to Miami. Nuggets are traveling from Orlando to Miami, so it should be a pretty even matchup. There we go. Yeah. big Good stuff. Love it. Let's – what else do we have to do? What do we got on the clock here? How much time have we done here? About an hour and 14 minutes in. Ooh, all right. Well, we got to wrap this up. Let's take a break, come back. We'll review last week's Gamblers on the Storm picks. Yes. i uh feeling pretty good about this. Yeah. And I may or may not have a statement for you to read this week, Nate Timmons. We will find Spoiler out. Spoiler alert, but I think I've won this one. Do that when we come back.
Last week, Nate Timmons, I feel pretty confident. I feel confident about my picks. You want to know why? You feel good? I, you want to know why I feel so good about the picks? I do, indeed. Because I kept track of my wins and losses. You did. You even uh, texted me uh, some berating texts. There was a little bragging bit of, uh, about your week. A little bit of uh, you know, kind of a dismissive tone I took. I'll admit that. <laughs> and I apologize. I should not have said some of those things that I did via text. <laughs> some things you can't take back, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did say I took it back. I just apologized for him. I've also saved those text messages to blackmail <laughs> you at some point. <laughs> but uh, it was a week full of – first of all, let's say this. I picked the St. Louis Rams to beat the New England Patriots. In England. <laughs> Part of that was – and we didn't even address this. No. Part of that was because I thought that the Rams were at home. and I and You really thought that – being in St. Louis was going to help the Rams. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, 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 maybe they weren't even, uh, you know, considered a home team. You know, even though they're on the road, I know one team gets the home. But anyway, I think I came out the victor. What, what do we? You got the totals over there. Indeed, Ross, you had a, a fabulous bounce back week. You were sitting uh, before the week started at fifty and fifty three. You rode a ten and four week. Ten and four in week eight to make your overall record now sixty and fifty seven. So you went Ooh. from three under five hundred to three over five hundred in and the course of a week. Where did that go to? And uh, I was rocking at fifty nine and forty four, and I had a little bit of a down week. Seven and seven pushes my record to sixty six and fifty one. My first loss. And this uh, in the pick'em challenge. So wait, overall you're at what? Uh, I'm at 66 and 51. And you are 60 and 57, so you're six games back. Uh, yes, but as we know, this is a skins game. We don't add them up. It's, you know. Yes. You know what I mean? Not the total. It's me. I'm just down like. I think like three to two to one <laughs> or more. Three to one? Something or more. like that. I, it might only be. Th- I think I've only won two or three weeks. But here's the deal. Last week and the week before I put on. Don't read that yet. Don't, not. I'm just, just looking at the length of the damn thing. It's a long one. <laughs> last week I have and the last two weeks I have had a uh, magnificent performance. Uh, one was uh, the Halloween monologue of pure evil. Did you see me YouTube that? I found it on YouTube. I and, did, yeah. yeah. And I couldn't tell the difference between the YouTube video and me. <laughs> I couldn't either. When I listened back to it. And before that, it was the Anchorman monologue. But, oh, the guy. I always forget that guy's name. Champ. Champ Kind. Yeah, but his real name. I don't know. I, I don't never remember, remember it either. You know, it's funny. I uh, had I played uh, – I, I made my friend listen to – uh, one of our episodes, one of my best friends who's never listened to the show before. Tied him up, held him down. He had great advice. He said, uh, you guys should uh, uh, prepare a little bit more so you're spending less time trying to think of things. What is he talking about? <laughs> I, I, I prepared for those way ahead of time. And you know what I said? David Kochner? I said, David Kechner. Yeah, Kechner. there we go. David Kechner. And uh, I told him, I said, yeah, you may be right, but I tell you what we don't need is you don't need some backseat podcaster who's never listened to the show trying to tell us what to do. Yeah, Monday and, morning quarterback and son of a... And uh, by the way, if you want well-informed sports talk, go to the radio. Listen to those idiots. Re- replay the same exact information hour after hour after hour. And he even said, you know what, you're right. I, I, he lives in New York. And he's like, I was listening to the fan online, 
And he's like, every show sounds pretty much exactly the same. They say the exact same things over and over again. And that's not what you get here. But what no. you do get here is Nate Timmons. Go ahead and pick up that uh, script. Got it. This is, uh, feel free to speed through it if you like. Uh, this is the pre- prepared statement that you did not prepare that I prepared for you. And uh, we'll go ahead and uh, now give you the opportunity to review it briefly. <laughs> this is uh, in honor of, uh, of a former Nugget and uh, a, a, a team that the Nuggets may be playing soon. I don't know if anybody is going to forget this one, but it's uh, it's one of the all-time greatest rants. And, Nate Timmons, I'll just go ahead and let you uh, so the, have the floor. The very last sentence here is uh, by a different person. Should I just go yeah, ahead and read that, that as I, them? I meant to cut that out. I cut out the reporter's questions. Okay. So forget that. Just, just don't read, read the other one. ones. Right. Just, you know, go from the heart. Okay. Oh, man. I'll sit back and just enjoy this. Right. It's a long it's a one. Long one. Long it's okay. All right. We got time. All right, here we go. Anybody tell you that I miss practice? If, if, if a coach say I miss practice and y'all hear it, then that's that. I mean, I might have missed practice, one practice this year, but if, if somebody say he doesn't come to practice, it could be one practice. Out of all the practices this year, that's enough. That's enough to get a whole lot started. I told Coach Brown that you don't have to give people of Philadelphia a reason to think about trading me or anything like that. If you trade somebody, you trade them to make the team better. Simple as that. I'm cool with that. I'm all about that. The people in Philadelphia deserve to have a winner. It's as simple as that. It goes further than that. If I can't practice, I can't practice, man. If I'm hurt, I'm hurt. I mean, simple as that. It ain't about that. I mean, it's it's not about that at all. You know what I'm saying? But it's it's easy to talk about. It's easy to sum up. When you're just talking about practice, we're sitting in here. I'm supposed to be the franchise player. <laughs> and if we're in here talking about practice, I mean, listen, we're talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice, not a game, not, not, not the game I go out there and die for and play every game like it's my last, not the game, but we're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? And we're talking about practice. I know. I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to lead by example. I know that, and I'm not. I'm not showing it aside, you know, like it it don't mean anything. I I know it's important. I do. Honestly, I do. But we're talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? (laughs) We're talking about practice, man? We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. When you come to the arena and you see me play, you see me play, don't you? You see me give everything I've got, right? But we're talking about practice right now. We're talking about pra- Man, look, I hear you. It's funny to me too. I mean, it's strange. It's strange to me too. But we're talking about practice, man. We're not even talking about the game, the actual game when it matters. We're talking about practice. <laughs> play, play that crowd noise for yourself. That was incredible. That was so good. <laughs> I go ahead and throw my hat in for uh, whatever role comes up next on any movie. That was so good, man. Agents, if you listen to that, that up and throw it at my mic. It's your turn, buddy. Oh, yeah. It's your turn. Throw Dude, it at watch the this. mic. Watch this. I, I don't know. I don't think you can get it. I don't think you get, oh my god, you're not going to use two, are you? Might have two chances. It was at the this. first two page. Script. Might have two chances. 
Oh, oh, I got a piece. <laughs> you got a piece. Oh, uh, that was a nice touch, touch of a piece. Nate Timmons, piece. excellent job. <laughs> Man, that was good. I don't think I've heard that whole rant for oh years. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I like the fact that, okay, yeah, there was a reporter in there a couple times in the middle. Being like, what, what, what do you mean? Uh, what are you, what are you talking about with, uh, what are you talking about practice? Practice, man. Practice. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> it's just, uh, it was, uh, you know, there's a lot of those, uh, rants that you hear oh, that yeah. get a little awkward. That one never got awkward. And to be honest with you, I understood what he was saying. I really did. I, I, I was on his side during that. Yeah. If you go back and YouTube that one too, you really can. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. And, of course, the Nuggets are playing the 76ers yeah. tomorrow night tomorrow on night. Halloween. That's where Allen Iverson was playing when he had that wonderful rant. Famous rant. And uh, so it's topical. That's why I picked that. What do you think? It is topical. I love it. One of the best rants in sports history. It's about the NBA, which I love. Philadelphia. Nuggets going to be there tomorrow. I love everything about it. And uh, the most important thing is that Ross Martin, me, Destroyed. <laughs> this is destroyed. Just dominated this week with 10 correct picks versus, what, did you have four? Uh, seven and seven. Oh. Wait, really? Yeah, seven and seven. That got, was worse than that. Got Tampa, Packers, Patriots, Falcons, Giants, Denver, 49ers. Oh, yes. Not as good as you with the Browns, Bears, Lions, Packers, Falcons, Steelers, Raiders, Giants, Denver, 49ers. All right, we are going to wrap this up. Yeah. Okay, we are going to wrap this up right now, but I would it would be remiss – if I did not mention the San Diego Chargers <laughs> and their aptitude, uh, the 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 barn burner <laughs> of a game, Philip Rivers in Cleveland, the Battle of the Birds, Battle of the Birds, seven to six, seven to six, the Chargers lost to the Cleveland Browns. Suck it, Philip Rivers. I take as much pride and joy in my Broncos and Peyton Manning winning as I do in Phillip Rivers, the most overrated quarterback of all time. The most overrated quarterback of all time. Should not even be starting on any of the 32 NFL football teams. Episode 72 going to be in the books. Dedicate this one to Phillip Rivers. And like Ross said, (laughs) suck it, Phillip Rivers. Suck it. Suck it! (laughs) 